Amen. Well, Shine Church, it is so good to be together with you, even through the distance and through the technology, but we're assembled with one heart, uh, with one voice, and with one purpose to just lift up Jesus and uh, glorify him uh, together. Um, I am an officiant on Thumbtack, and uh, for those of you who don't know, that's like an app where you can find electricians, plumbers, photographers, DJs, you know, whatever you might need uh, for an event that you're having or just in your life, and so uh, Pastor Dan actually a few years back got me into that and uh, oftentimes I'll meet with a couple and I'll start off by asking them um, what was it about my profile on Thumbtack that caused you to reach out to me specifically and more often than not they will say well you know what it was the reviews we actually read the reviews and we saw them and man it seemed like people that actually uh, used your services actually hired you were, were satisfied were happy uh, with, with the wedding that you were able to help provide for them and uh, you know as I think about that I think we find ourselves in a time in history where all of us are looking for hope. But we're not just looking for any hope. I believe that we're looking for a hope that is tested and true. A hope that actually stands up under pressure. A hope that doesn't disappoint. A hope that truly where the rubber meets the road, it can be counted on. It can be depended on. And I think that applies for all of us within the body of Christ, within uh, our church family or the body of Christ. But I believe it also applies to people outside of that. People that are looking for hope during this time. And last week, Pastor Dan began a, a mini-series on Romans chapter 5. And I think it is so such uh, an incredible scripture that speaks right to where we are. It speaks to our hunger and our search for a hope and a hope that does not disappoint. And I think that God has given us right here in his words, specifically in Romans chapter five, a pathway to hope. It's a pathway to how we get there. How do we get to a hope that isn't just wishing and, and sort of like, well, I, I, you know, I hope things get better. I believe that God wants to speak to us right here in the middle of what we're walking through and say there is a hope that he wants to bring to us that can be depended on, that can be counted on, that's real, that really works in the real world and that will not disappoint. And we've got this pathway to it. And so I want to read the passage uh, as we jump in. Romans 5, verses 3 through 5. And uh, it's kind of the theme of our message not only last week, but this week, and I believe next week as well, as we look at this pathway to hope. But here's what it says. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us of the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I'm telling you what, right here, God is giving us a process and a path to hope. And we see that um, as we've looked at last week, sometimes those trials, those problems, those difficulties, that suffering, I believe that can be God's on-ramp. It can be God's invitation to us to join him in this process of taking us to a hope that doesn't disappoint. I encourage you, if you didn't hear the message, man, listen to it online. Pastor Dan rocked it, knocked it out of the park. But 
spoke to us about endurance and about persevering and what that looks like in our lives and how that truly is that first step in partnering with God in this process. But I want to pick it up right where he left off in that process and say, okay, so there's these problems and these trials that come. They develop or help us develop endurance or perseverance, but then look at what it says next. And endurance develops strength of character. I believe God wants us to discover something very powerful about the character that he's working to develop in our lives through times exactly like the ones we're walking through, through these trials and through these struggles. And so here's the thing. In that word, if you look up that word in the Greek, because the Greek sometimes is very important. No. Um, but that word in the Greek is actually okidoki, man. Would you believe that? That word is okidoki, man. Actually, I'm lying. It's not really okidoki, man. It's just doki, man. <laughs> But I figure that might help us remember that. Dokime. And what that word for character actually means, listen to this. It's proof of genuineness. Approval through testing. A brand of what is tested and true by implication trustiness or experience. And it actually comes from a word that means approved, acceptable, and tried. Here's what I, what I believe God wants us to know, first of all, is that the cards are actually stacked, and they're actually stacked in our favor. The cards are actually stacked in our favor. God is wanting to develop in us through perseverance, through endurance, in the midst of troubles and trials. He's actually wanting to develop a trustiness, an approvedness. If I could say it this way, God wants to slap an A onto your proving process. It's not just approving, it's an approving process. God wants to add uh, to your testedness, he wants to add an A so that it becomes attested. Meaning you are a person that is attested, that others can say of you, you know what? They trust in the Lord. They persevered, they endured. God wants to slap a big fat A or maybe even an A plus on us, not because of who we are, but because who he is and his strength in us. And he wants to, and so he's working from the end backwards. He's actually working from, what does it say there? Approved, acceptable, tried and true. He's actually saying, that's how I see you. And now in order to, to, so that you know that about yourself, how can we get you there? Okay. It happens through a process of approving, of testing, but his goal, make no mistake about it, is not to shame. It's not to expose weakness and, and, and bring us down and, and somehow show us, you know, how unworthy we are. No, 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 no. Our Father's agenda in all of this is to bring us through approved, tested, and with that brand of tried and true that really brings Him glory and brings us great joy in the process. So we're going to look at this real quick. How do I know? How do I know that this is God's agenda, that the cards are stacked in our favor, and that God is bound and determined to bring us to a place of being approved. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says this, we all experience times of testing, which is normal for every human being, but God will be faithful to you. He will screen and filter the severity, nature, and timing of every test or trial you face so that you can bear it. And each test is an opportunity to trust him more for along with every trial, 
God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it. How? As my dad always used to say, not somehow, but triumphantly, victoriously. God is working from his end that we are accepted, approved, tested and true, slap a big old A on us that we have made it through the trial. He's working backwards and allowing a work to be done through the process of enduring in the middle of the test and the trial. Now, I want us to look for just a few minutes here at what God is doing through this process, this dokime that's being built in us, this trustiness, this tried and true brand, this proof of genuineness. One of the things that God is doing in the middle of that is that he is showing us who we are and that we're growing. During the middle of that dokime being developed in us, he's showing us who we are and the fact that we're growing. Here's the thing. The tests that we go through, the trials, they're not actually for God's benefit. To be honest, he already knows without us even going through the trial, exactly how we're going to do. He, if we were taking a math test, he would be like, don't even take the test, 89.7%. He already knows the end from the beginning. He knows us inside and out. So truly the purpose of these trials, this approval process, these tests is actually for our good so that we actually know that we're growing. So we actually know we're overcoming. You know, a familiar passage in scripture is Romans 8, 28. I hope most of us would know it. It's true for our lives, you know, that all things work together for the good of those who are called by God, who love God and are called according to his purposes. But check out what the very next verse says. It says, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to be made in the likeness of Jesus Christ. So that, I'm paraphrasing here, so that Christ could be the firstborn among many brothers. God wants us to know, man, he sees us with the possibility of growing in the likeness of Jesus Christ. He wants us to look like Jesus, to think like Jesus, to act like Jesus, to walk like Jesus, to have the confidence of Jesus, to walk in the favor that Jesus walked in. And so God is at work in our lives doing that very thing. Now, I was part of back, uh, oh goodness, uh, 20 years ago, 19 or 20 years ago, my wife and I, our family at the time, we had three children. Ellie wasn't born yet. We moved to Colorado, moved to kind of northeast Denver, and we were starting a church. And in the middle of that, man, it was tough. I was working full time, trying to get a church off the ground. But in the middle of that, we found out that the Salvation Army had a free program that was Tang Sudo. Tang Sudo is like a military version of Taekwondo which obviously I think most of us know is a martial art uh, from Korea. And so there was a sweet lady there. Her name was Karen Eden. She was actually a meteorologist with Fox 31 News at the time. And this was her way of giving back is she would offer these free classes of Tang Sudo. So guess what? Caleb, Zach, I think even Levi and I would find ourselves on Saturdays, I think around noon, at the Salvation Army, they would remove all the seats out of the, the chapel area, and that was our dojo. And we would get there, we started out as white belts, but guess what? Every so often, there would be a test or a trial. And what was the purpose of that? We would have to learn different forms, right? And we'd have to learn how to count in Korean. Hana, tu, set, net, tasset, yaset, Hilgum, hujum, huh. And that was kind of how it went. By the time we got to eight or nine, we kind of fudged it, you know, and just kind of like grunted. But, you know, we tried to blend in with everybody else. But the point is, we'd have to do these different tests and these different forms and all that. And when we passed the test or the trial, guess what we'd get? 
a cool new belt, and it was a different color. We started out with white. The next one was yellow. After a few months, we learned some more forms. We worked. We endured. We persevered. We disciplined it. And guess what? Then we would test again. And the whole point of the test, again, was not to shame us. It was not to show us what we weren't. It was to show us what we were. It was to show us that we were growing, that we were on this path of becoming. And so we got finally an orange belt. And then my kids actually, you know, being more agile and nimble and stronger and whatever, they ended up going on getting, I think, a, a green belt with a red stripe or something like that. I kind of got stuck at the orange or whatever. But, you know, the point is, God wants us to know through this process, we're on a path. His hand is on us. He's working in our lives. We're becoming like Jesus. He's bringing to fruition his promise of Romans 8, 29, to conform us to the image of Jesus, to bring out that champion, Jesus, in our lives. Another thing that happens as we are persevering and this character, this dokime, is being developed in our lives is that it actually shows us who we can trust. It actually shows us who we can trust. You know, I don't have the privilege of having served in the military. Um, I do want to take this opportunity to thank all of you who are part of this family or those of you who might be listening online who serve in our armed forces. What an incredibly unselfish and courageous thing that you do. But here's what I know from kind of a, a outside looking in, and I've spoken with people who have served, and I know this to be true. There is a brotherhood that is formed in the midst of adversity. There's a brotherhood that is formed in the face of danger, a brotherhood that is shaped through trial, through a test, through being in a difficult, adverse environment where one person has to have the other person's back and, and trust them. And the other person knows that the other one has their back and they trust their lives in their hands. And I believe that God wants this process to be at work in us through this persevering that we're talking about. I believe that God is saying, you know what? Um, if you do that, you're going to learn that you can trust Jesus, first of all, your older brother. We just learned he's the firstborn among many brothers. Hebrews 4 tells us he was tested or tried in every way, just like we are, but without falling short. Therefore, we're able to approach him confidently and find grace in our time of need. I believe Jesus wants us to know, hey, everything you're going through, I've been through. Every test you're experiencing, every temptation you have to give up, to become discouraged, I faced it too. And I've walked this road and I've fought this giant and I've gone before you and you are my younger brother, my younger sister, and my strength is in you. And just like I overcame, you are going to overcome. You can trust me. You can be vulnerable. You can be honest with me with what you're feeling. Pour out your heart to me. I'm not gonna point my finger at you. I'm not gonna judge you. I've got your back. And I believe that God wants us to know that we can trust him. What about this? We can trust each other in the middle of the storm. I think when we walk through difficulty, through trials, and we persevere together, I believe that God wants us to discover in this that we can trust one another that we're family, that we can pray for one another, that we can reach out and ask for wisdom, ask for advice, ask for companionship. You know, Pastor Dan mentioned last weekend, hey, if you need somebody to Zoom with or have a phone call with or whatever, it's okay to say that. It's okay, speak up, reach out for help. 
Or if you notice someone else in need of help, it's okay to be bold and, and offer to help or offer, what can we do for you? I believe that God is inviting us through these times to discover that brotherhood, that bond that we can trust each other, that, that there's a brand of, of genuineness upon us, that guess what? Pastor Rob and Amy, man, they went through a difficult time. They struggled with this or that. They've shared that story with me. So I know I can go to them and get real or that he can come to me or vice versa. God wants that to permeate our church family so that we can gain strength from each other so we know we can trust each other because that dokime, that trustiness, that, that, that hope in the real world where the rubber meets the road is being fashioned in our lives as we walk through trials and as we see each other walk through trials and trust the Lord. What about this? Oh, I want to say this first. Um, Paul had this type of person in his life with Timothy, his young, well, I was going to say his young apprentice. That sounds like Star Wars, which incidentally, Star Wars, all of you Star Wars fans, you know the trials, right? Are you ready to face the trials? Yes, okay. So, uh, but Timothy had faced the trials with Paul. They traveled together. Man, they were on ships together. They were going through difficult times together. And Paul says these words in Philippians chapter 2, verse 22 about Timothy. But you know Timothy's proven worth. That's that word, dokime. His proven worth. Not theoretical, not we think he's going to do well. Man, in real life, he has stuck in there and been by my side. It says, you know Timothy's proven worth, how as a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. And it was Paul's joy to be able to send Timothy to the church at Philippi because he knew this guy was the real deal. He could be trusted he had been tested in the fire and he had come out on the other side. God wants you and me to know that we're growing in him, to know we can trust each other, to know that we're in his hands, to know that he's persevering, he's, he's sanctifying us, he's developing us, he's making us into something greater in the image of Jesus, our older brother. What about this? I believe the last thing I wanna talk about today is that as God is developing this dokime, as we persevere together and this character is being developed, I believe it blows out of the water our limitations. It blows our limitations out of the water. Here's the thing. If you think about the things that we attempt in this life, the things that we dare believe for, it's not based on our limitations. It's based on what we think is possible. I'm not gonna try something. I might be able to jump off of a huge diving board and do three flips. I don't know. But if I don't think I can do it, guess what? I'm not gonna try it. I don't, there's a lot of things that we don't think we can do. Therefore, we will never attempt to do that thing. We will never trust God for that breakthrough in our lives. We will never believe God to use us in that way. We will never persevere in that marriage. We will never believe for our child's, you know, that wayward child to come back to life. Why? If, if we truly believe there's a limitation on our prayers or on what God can do, we will, we will be paralyzed. We'll be dead in the water. And God is saying, you know what? Through this dokime, I am actually building up in you your expectations of what's possible. I'm actually building in you your understanding of what I want to do through you and my strength in you, what can happen with that. Um, Craig Rochelle tells a story that he met another dad at a swimming pool one time. I think they were on vacation. He was with his kids. And this dad said, hey, how long can you hold your breath underwater? 
Ed Crickershaw was like, oh, sweet, this sounds like a contest. You know, he's like, about a minute, but he really secretly thought he could do it a little bit longer. And so he went down, did it. He said about 40 seconds, he was rededicating his life to Jesus. About 60 seconds, he was starting to, you know, convulse underwater, turning pink and blue and different colors. Finally, popped out of the water. <gasps> the guy said, wow, that was really good. A minute and 12 seconds. And then he thought the guy was gonna be like, okay, it's my turn. But the guy said, if you'll give me a few minutes, I can double the amount of time that you can hold your breath underwater. <laughs> he was like, what? Ah, come on. This guy was baiting me the whole time. It turns out the guy was a coach and he began to coach him on slowing down his breathing, on focusing on something when he felt he was out of breath, on truly having the confidence to know that even when you feel your, your lungs tense up, you've still got plenty of oxygen in your system. It's okay, you're not gonna die. Guess what? Within a few minutes later, Craig Russell says he was holding his breath two minutes and 45 seconds. Think about that. It blew the, the, what he thought was possible out of the water. I believe that God is saying, you know what? Through trials, through tests, I'm doing the same thing in you. I want to take away the limitations. I want to take away the fears. I want to remove the things that keep you, my son, my daughter, from truly believing me for incredible things and truly seeing those things come to pass in your life or through your life. And I believe church, man, there's dreams inside of us. There's businesses that God wants to birth. There's prayer movements. There's miracles of healing he wants to do. There's, there's restored relationships. There's people that God wants to use you and me to bring to Jesus that isn't gonna happen until we agree with Jesus in this process, this dokime, this process of blowing what we thought was impossible out of the water so we can truly take another step in faith and trust and follow Jesus into the impossible. David was a great example of this. You know, when he went up against Goliath, Goliath was uh, mocking the armies of Israel. And David uh, went up and visited his brothers and he heard Goliath making fun of God and of the armies of Israel. He said, how come nobody's taking him on? And Saul was like, well, we don't have anybody really that's courageous enough to do it. And he said, well, I'll do it. And so listen to what, after a bit of time and, and discussion with King Saul, David approaches Goliath and says these words in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. Sorry if there are kids in the room. I should have warned you, but okay. <laughs> and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. Do you hear the confidence in David, I'm telling you what, he was, he was trusting and believing that God was gonna do something that for everybody else in that army was impossible. Even the king of Israel, King Saul. And guess what? God didn't disappoint. His hope didn't disappoint him. And he went on, he says he ran to the battle. He put a stone in his sling. He swung it, bam, it hit Goliath in the forehead. He fell down and David slew him and my, won a mighty victory for the people of Israel. But it didn't start in one day. David had told Saul, you know what? When I was a shepherd and a lion would come or a bear would come, 
God gave me victory. I would go after them and defend the flock, and I saw God show up in that situation. I believe that God is inviting this church into a process where we're experiencing one problem, one trial at a time, but God is saying, if you'll trust me, if you'll believe that I have your best interest, that I have this, the card stacked in your favor, that I have a bias towards you, that I'm trying to, to show you that you are approved, that I'm trying to show you that there's a brand of genuineness upon you, that my favor and my, my grace is all over you, you'll see things happen that you never believed were possible. I believe that God wants us just to cooperate with him. I don't know what it is that's holding you back, what the enemy's been trying to lie to you about. Maybe that you're not the genuine article, that you're a fake, and God wants you to hear, no, you're the real deal. You are in God's hands. You are growing. Hey, six months ago, you were a yellow belt. Now you're an orange belt. You're advancing. God is building character in you. Or maybe the enemy's trying to convince you that you're completely alone and by yourself. And God wants you to know you're part of a brotherhood, a sisterhood. You've got people that have your back. You can reach out for help and they can trust you. Maybe the enemy's trying to lie to you saying, you know what? You're just small business, man. You're never gonna accomplish anything great with God. And God wants you to know, you know what? If you stick in this with me, I'm gonna be there with you. We're gonna do the impossible together. Whatever it might be, I just believe that God wants to sow a seed in your heart that will bear fruit today and next week and as we go through this whole crazy ordeal and for years to come. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your incredible promises to us. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the way that you believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. You know what you're able to accomplish in us far above anything that we've ever dared imagine or dreamed for. And I pray, Lord, that Going into this week, God, would you give us the strength by your spirit to let go of the past, to let go of the failure, to let go of those things that have held us back and to truly understand that we're accepted in you, that we are loved in you, that your victory is our victory, that your perfection you've bestowed upon us and that you look at us as champions, as those who with you will slay the giants in the land and accomplish incredible things in your name. Lord, bless your people. Fill us with true hope that doesn't disappoint and let us reflect that to others in Jesus' name. Amen.